So listen, so we've been doing this series and uh, in our theme text, which is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. If you put that up there for me, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Paul says, I pray also that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So as we've started this uh, series about that same power in this Ephesian text, uh, Paul is writing to the congregation at, uh, in Ephesus and he's saying to them, hey, I want y'all to know God more. I want you to have more wisdom and I want you to go deeper in your relationship with him. Listen, that is every pastor's prayer that the congregation will go deeper in their relationship and knowledge of God, in their knowledge of uh, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's saying, my prayer is that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. It is my prayer that God will give you wisdom and he will help you know the power that he has, that he's making available to you. The same power, not a, not a uh, version of it, not a watered down dilution, but it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Do you know how amazing that is though? That is amazing that the same power God used to get Jesus from the dead is the same power that he makes available to us. It is a power that works miracles. We should be seeing miracles in the lives of believers. We should be seeing miracles today. Let me say this to you. Miracles are not an Old or New Testament thing. Miracles is a today thing right now. We should be seeing them now because the same power that God used then through Jesus to get Jesus out of the grave, that same power he makes available to us. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It is my prayer that you get to know him more. Listen, I, listen, y'all laugh at me. I'll be like, Pastor Longwood, I am, I am, and I'm working on it. Pray my strength in the Lord. I am working on it, but it is my heart that we give you enough information on Sundays that you could take notes, go back, and chew it up. But you cannot just come in here on Sundays and think you're going to be a good Christian. That's like going to the gym once a month and think you're going to be fine. Come on, man. We all go. We all stop by there every once in a while. I had a good week, a week before last. Three days straight. I was like, go, Tim. This week passed, one day. I was like, go, Tim. <laughs> you need to go. Because you can't just come in here and get what is given to you on Sunday and then not spend some time in meditation, in reflection, in reading. I mean, how often do you pick up your Bible? How often do you pray? How often do you just stop and say, Lord, I just want to be still in your presence for a few minutes? Because our lives are so busy. And so this becomes this little weekly infusion, but it doesn't make you better at your relationship with God. God wants to relate. My prayer is that you go deeper. And so there's this power that God makes available to us. And as I was studying this out, the Holy Spirit says to me, now there are ways to access this power. Last week, we picked up on that. And I told you last week that uh, two of the ways to access the power of God is that you have to recognize that the power belongs to God. Number two, you have to realize that you need it. All right, go back and listen to last week. I don't want to rehash that. So go and listen to that because that's going to be important in your life to have a heart that's humble that says, God, I can't do this on my own. And some of our challenges, because you make great grades and you got a good job, you think you got this on lock. Your bank account does not tell you that you got life on lock. It's just that you've had some good blessings in your life. And even without God, you wouldn't have that. Look at your neighbor. Just look, just look, just, just look. You ain't got to say nothing because it is God that gives us power to get wealth. But you've forgotten that it came from God. You thought it was your great idea. 
You thought it was your sparkly personality. It is God that gives you the power to get it. So you got to remember that and, and own the fact that if I did not have you, I don't know where I would be. But the Holy Spirit started talking to me this week. He said, Tim, there's, there's multiple ways. Just like in the natural, we have multiple ways to access power or electricity. I mean, let's think about it. In today's market, we have stuff like uh, they, they use these power strips over here. Power strips is that these power strips plug into a wall, and then you plug other stuff in that. We have extension cords. We have these little uh, uh, portable charging devices that you charge it, and then you can unplug it and take it with you so you can charge your phone. It's amazing to me how that thing holds power. It holds power, and it's able to distribute the same amount of power that it holds. I, I'm not even going to touch it. I ain't going to touch it. I ain't going to touch the fact that most of us don't want to connect with anybody but want all the power. And I can tell you that if you're not going to distribute it, God ain't going to give it to you. Because anything that has too much power will blow up. And God wants to use it as a conduit. He wants to use you as a conduit. I want to get power to you. Really, I want to get power through you. But if you're not going to connect with people, why do you need my power? Just let that breathe a minute. If you're not going to tell anybody about my power so they can plug into you and see the change in your life and the significance in your life, the significance of me in your life, why do you need my power? Oh, you just want my power so your junk will be better. That's how we do. Look at your neighbor and say, we are a, self, we are a selfish people. Tell your neighbor, we're selfish. Y'all know it. Y'all know we're selfish. We selfish. We want everything that we can get for us. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. So listen, there are many, many ways that we get power. I mean, think about it today. We have those, those objects today, but when we look at power on a large scale, we have stuff like solar power. We have stuff like geopower. You know what I'm talking about? We have stuff like hydroelectricity. That's when water has to be, has to run and be caught, and it turns the turbines so that water, y'all know when they use coal, coal and they burn it, makes steam. They use steam for a source of power. You know, wind is a source of power. That's why we have windmills. You know what I'm saying? So there are, there are loads of things that I don't even have time to, as I was studying this, I was like, ooh. This gets really deep. So I don't even want to deal with just the, all the like wood and coal and natural gas and water and steam and solar. And there is so many things that man uses today to tap into power. The Holy Spirit says to the same degree, there are many ways that my people can tap into the power that I have for them. Can I tell you one of them today? Look at your neighbor and say, I want to talk to you about, tell them, because you're going to help them, the power of one. If you would, uh, flip over real quick to uh, uh, Psalms 133. Psalm 133. It says, a song of ascents of David. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Watch this. It is like the precious oil down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Look what it says next. It says 33. Uh, <laughs> 33 and 3. It froze. That's all right. Because I got it. I sure do. I got it. It goes, it says, it is like, listen to this, the dew of Hermon descending on the mounts of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. So I want you to see this because how good and pleasant it is 
for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil. I'm going to get back to that in a second. But he says it's like the dew that descends on Hermon. Now listen, unity is saying this. How good it is, David is saying, for everybody to dwell together as one. This is very countercultural today. Because everybody want to do their own thing, and everybody wants to be an individual. I don't want to lose myself. And the truth of the matter is, you should lose yourself. Because your life is on the halfway jacked up scale on the slick because of yourself. Nobody want to, y'all don't want to tell the truth. Y'all don't want to tell the truth. Come on, listen. You can fuss at a lot of people, but the truth of it is, some of the struggles and fights and, and not so good moments you have in life is because of you. Come on, you know people who live their life a mess, but for somehow they can tell you the right thing to do. You ever, have you ever noticed that? It's like, wow, you give me good advice, but your life sucks. That's because they're not going to anybody for advice. See, what happens is there is something that happens in community that does not happen in isolation. So the text says, no, leave it, leave it up for me. The text says that, I'm going to get back to the anointing, that oil thing for in a minute. But it says, it's like the dew that uh, descends on Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is the tallest mountain in Palestine. And so what happens is, because the mountain is so tall, that when there's drought in the land, the mount is so tall that there's always condensation. There is vegetation on Mount Hermon, even when there's drought in Palestine. And what David says is, when we dwell together in unity, that there is growth and a fertile life when you're together, even though other individuals may be suffering a drought in their lives. He's likening this whole notion of being one unit. You are better together. Look at your neighbor and say, we better together. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere with it. We better together. That's why you can't let the enemy rob you of coming together. Paul says it, make sure you don't forsake yourselves. Forsake the assembly of the assembling of yourselves. Don't forsake that like others have done, and even more so when you see the day coming. In other words, the more it looks like Jesus is on his way back, and it is now, you need to be coming together more. And don't let the day, don't let our culture rob you and tell you stuff like, oh, child, you can watch TV, you can watch church at home, have church all by yourself, or at Bedside Baptist. I guarantee you there is not an anointing at Bedside Baptist. Not the one that I'm talking about right here. Because this anointing you don't get by yourself. He starts out, says, it is good and pleasant for brothering to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil. So when he says it's like the oil, what he's saying is there is an anointing that, comes to, that happens when we come together. It's called a corporate anointing. And I want you to see, and, I, and I'm really about finished, I want you to see that in the text of Scripture, with anointing comes power. Say this with me. With anointing, with anointing comes, power. comes power. Look at Isaiah really quickly. I ain't going to write it out. I ain't going to write it out. I'm going to let it go because I'm doing good on my time. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. I want you to see this. This happens when we come together, there is an anointing. Listen, let me tell you something. Coming together on Sunday produces an effect in your life that goes before you. You don't even know it. See, you're thinking that you're just coming to church because I grew up going to church. That's what I do. Well, God says, I've called my people together because when I call people together and when people operate as one, I release something in their lives. Listen, it is the oil 
The, the 133 just said it. It's the oil that runs down. In other words, there is an anointing that moves in your life when you operate in a corporate setting. Anisha, go back to Psalm 133 real quick. Look at it. The oil on his head moves down his beard. It's an oil that does not run out. It doesn't just start here, and it's just a little bit, and then it just does it, and it drips. It says, no, no, no. It's an oil that moves from his head over his face, down his body, all the way down to the skirts of his garments, to his hem. So the anointing that comes out of us coming together is an anointing that runs over you and runs ahead of you. So the stuff that you could run into tomorrow, the anointing covers you and you slip right through it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's why people started doing midweek services way back in the day at prayer meeting. Because when we have prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, we come together in the middle of the week. And what may have run off Monday through Wednesday, I pick it up Wednesday night and it runs me through the weekend. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? You keep wondering why it doesn't seem like things ain't going right. I keep running into stuff. You not oily. You're not oily. Stuff don't operate smoothly when it needs oil. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, where is Dorothy and the Tin Man? Come on here. Let's talk about it. Come on now, whether you're a, 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 a Wizard of Oz or the Wiz, either way, we need some oil here, or Nipsey Russell says, slide some oil to me, because there's something in my life that could operate better, but I am without the anointing, and what should be smooth is causing friction in my life. And it's because I don't have the oil on my life. Listen, having oil can save your life. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. So this oil that comes, this anointing, that's what it's talking about when it says the oil. It's an anointing. Now go back to Isaiah 10. I want you to see this. 1027. I love it. It says, it shall come to pass in that day, listen, that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. This is the, the, the burden of the enemy. Will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. Watch this. And the yoke will be destroyed, read it with me, because of the anointing oil. Listen, I love this text because it's talking about, God is talking about freeing his people. He's freeing his people that because of their disobedience, he allowed them to be in captivity, allowed a yoke to be put around their neck. But he says, now when it's time for you to come out of the stuff that you need to come out of, because you're going to be chastised for a little bit, but when it's time for you to come out of it, it's going to be the oil, the anointing oil that's not just going to bring you out, it's going to lift and destroy. It's going to set free and break. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. So there's something that happens when the anointing comes into your life. It's called power. And if we, based on 133, would get together and operate as one, we could be destroying more yokes in this world if we'd get together. Let me just let that breathe a minute. Think about the civil rights movement. The civil rights movement was as penetrating as it was because there was a community of people willing to operate as one. Do you know how inconvenient it was for some of them to not get on the bus and go to work? Do you know how inconvenient 
It was inconvenient. It was for some people to say, well, I'll, be, I'll drive a carpool since I'm more, only few of us have cars. I'll drive the carpool and everybody get in my car. I'll have to we start out early because I got to get up early because I got to be to work by nine. But if I pick you up at six, we'll all have to get to work early. But it was inconvenient. But come on now, all because one lady said, I ain't going back there today, I'm tired. One lady made a statement, and the community supported it. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. See, this is the problem of the church. One of the problems of the church is that we got people that go to church that ain't committed to the church. You come because you want something for you, but you're not committed to the stamp of the church in the community. How do you know that? Because when people get, get committed, sacrifice happens. There's going to be some stuff that inconveniences you in order to be committed to this. Oh, Lord, got to talk to the drums again. Me and you the only ones that seem to understand this. And I don't want to offend nobody. But we understand in order for people to get the rhythm, in order for people to feel the beat, you have to be hit. Oh, y'all don't want to hear what I'm saying? Because everything has to experience a level of sacrifice in order for it to be effective. And I know that there are people that come to church that ain't committed to the church because they don't sacrifice nothing to come. They give little money and time. Woo, this gets rough. I might need some music, Edge. Help soothe the savage beasts in the room when I start talking like this. Because if we, listen, here's what Amos says. Amos says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Unless they lock in on one appointment. And see, there is power available to us that we get when we lock in together. You want some yokes to be destroyed in your life? Quit operating as an island. Quit being by yourself. Get with the saints. Let's pray about it. And let's watch God destroy yokes in your life. But we don't want to tell nobody. You know, I don't want them to know my business. Well, suffer by yourself then. Hey. Don't text me talking about pray for you. I'm going to tell you, text the saints. Because when the saints pray, when the saints come to the altar and lay hands on your issue, there is an anointing that is released. There is a blessing. And God says at the place of connection, he says live. When the enemy says die, God says y'all coming together, live, live, live. I don't know what's going on in your life, but the fact that you're together, God is saying live. That's why you can't stay at the house, but I'm tired. Be tired on Saturday. You weren't tired at Marshall's. You weren't tired at Target. You weren't tired at the brunch. But then Sunday comes and all of a sudden you tire. Y'all are right. Amen. I'm just saying, Mike. I mean, God, God is pressing this in me. Because when we see the effect of our ancestors, our, some of us, our grandparents in the civil rights movement, they were willing to give up some stuff to be a part of the movement. Come on, think about that. People who didn't ride the bus could have said, that don't concern me because I sit in the front of my car. I don't sit in the back of their bus. But because we were a people, Can I tell y'all something? When we operate individually as a people, we operate like God. See, this is the thing that we, we forget. We, when we say stuff like, uh, God is my, or I love God, we got to be careful with that. Because when we start talking about that, God, in essence, is one God. But when we go back to Deuteronomy, and when they looked and found the Shema, the Shema was a book that told the children of Israel how to live. 
and it got uh, destroyed, or should I say it got uh, lost in the rubble of the temple when the temple was, uh, was uh, uh, destroyed. And so then uh, when King, uh, who was it? Was it Jerubbabel? One of them young kings started restoring pure worship back to the area. And he says, hey, y'all go and clean up the ruins of the temple. Well, when they did it, they found this book called the Shema. And the Shema opens up, says, Behold, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. But when you look at that word one in the Hebrew, it's not the one as in singular. It is the one as in a unit. Ikad. Same thing is when... Uh, 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 behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in ikad, unity. It is like I have one hand, but I have five fingers on one hand, which makes my hand a unit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And see, the way God made us, we are still like him. Even in our singleness, we are like that because although I am right now a man, I am one man on the stage. I am not just one man. I am one man who is your pastor. I am one man who is a father. I am one man who is a husband. I am one man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I am one man who is a coach. So I am multifaceted. And that's what it says. Behold, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is multifaceted. But you are multifaceted. But then when we all come together, we are multifaceted. And God is calling us to a unity that will produce power that brings change in your life, in my life, in the world. Think about this. Think about this. The biggest issue in our country today, Mike, is divisiveness. We separated on more stuff now than we've ever been separated before. We used to just be separated by race. We are not now separated by race. We separated by who believes you should stand with the national anthem, who believes that you should kneel. We separated. We separated by Fox and CNN. We separated. And God says, that's why this great nation that was supposed to be one nation under God, we're losing our footing because we are becoming more separated. We are not just separated in the areas that I mentioned. We're separated in the fact that you got your phone, you got your phone, and everybody's talking to their own group and nobody's talking to each other. Separated. At a table full of people, but separated. In a house full of people, but separated. We used to get in one car, listen to one radio station. Now everybody's listening to their own thing because we're separated. And everybody has to stop doing something to listen to the next person. You talking about Did you say, wait, did you say something? Because we're separated. We can't even share the same thought. We can't even be in, the, in one car going to the same destination and viewing the same sights. We have lost power. But the sad part about it, Mario, is that we don't have a desire to get it back. My God. So we walk around with, with, with yokes on our necks. We walk around bound. Walk around without. We used to live in a society that our parents would go to each other's houses. So and so is sick, I'm cooking for them. Nowadays, so and so is sick, we send them a text. Hope you get better. Heard you were sick. Well, Pastor kicking it in today, ain't he? It don't matter if you don't change. I'm just sweating for nothing if you don't change. This Isaiah text says, when this anointing comes, that uh, yokes are broken and destroyed. Burdens. You got burdens on you? You feel like every time you stand up, there's something pushing you over? Get with the saints so anointing can be released. 
and watch the change. Listen, I would challenge you to challenge yourself to be in the house of God four consecutive Sundays. Oh, yeah, since we're on, we online, accepting all the challenges. <laughs> Selfie challenge. Vocal challenge. Ice water challenge. I want to challenge you to go to church for four Sundays straight. Cancel your brunches. Cancel all your little soccer games. Tell them we're not coming until church is out. That's right. Oh, okay. You see, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear that because, see, we want to bust, but I don't see why they do that on Sundays. Because you go. I ain't going to finish till I'm finished. Why would they put that on Sundays? Because you go. Because the Sabbath day is not holy to them or you. It's not holy to you. You lay in the bed. And the saints are coming together trying to have power to get lives changed and communities changed, and all you care about is what your kid is doing on Sunday. You wonder why your life is one-sided. Making more money than you ever made, still can't have no peace. Living finer than your grandmama and your mama, but you still ain't got no peace in your life because there is a congregational power that you're missing why do I have to have it? Because God is the triune Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The three are one. That is our example. So then we should be a microcosm that I am spirit, soul, and body. Then in my house, it is, it is father, it is wife, it is family. Then in the community, it is job, 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 making community. Then in church, it's all walks of life, and we come together worshiping one God. The ecosystem of life is gone. Because we are focused on one, but not on wholeness, the unit. Had an interesting moment uh, Friday or Saturday. Neighbor had come out of the house and put a cup on their car. Now, I'll admit that I probably was looking over there, Mike, because the car is an Audi. That thing is so beautiful. Every time I drive home, I just be like almost missing my driveway. That thing is so beautiful. So she got out of the car, went in the house, came out the house, had a cup, sit the cup on the car, and then I'm just, in, just looking at the car. Well, she gets in the car with the cup still on the top. And I was like, how am I going? Music was up. I can't yell. Hey, sadly, I don't even know her name. Whole another sermon. But she started backing out. It wasn't number water. But our mindset has to be, what can I do to help any way I can? So as she's backing out, I'm running. Cause if I, and then she started slowing down, so I'm like, okay, I can really do this and not get hit. So she got to the end of her driveway and paused, and I was able to grab the cup and say, here you go. And she looked at me like, wow. And I walked across the street like, I was happy to do that. Because we got to start thinking outside of us because we spend most of our time thinking in here. Y'all with me? And when we come together, whether it's in church, whether it's community, whether it's county, state, whatever it is, national, when we come together, if we could just get people to be together, it's the hardest thing in the world. Do you know how many members we actually have here? If we could just get everybody to come to church at one time. I don't know that we've ever had that in my 14 years. Everybody come to church at one time. I ought to just sign a petition, everybody, if I can get everybody to say they will come to church four weeks straight. Let me ask you something. What, what, what do you think would happen in your life if you came to church four weeks straight? Do you really think your life would be better? 
Or do you think you'd miss a whole lot of brunches or both? I mean, really, we plan our lives and put God in whenever it's convenient for us. Who says on Saturday, I'm just going to lay here, I ain't going to do nothing because I'm going to be ready to go to church tomorrow. I don't want to get no talk right there. I don't get no talk. We'll lay in the bed and be like, I ain't going to church today. Why is it that when you need to breathe, God is the one you walk away from? But your prayers keep hitting heaven. God, help me here. God, help me here. God, give me a parking space. God, make it a good sale. God, give me this. God. I'm just saying what I'm saying. All the little stuff that keeps bombarding heaven. And God was like, yo, I just want you to come together on one day a week for me. And the thing about it is, there is such an anointing in coming together. But maybe Jesus understood that it was going to be hard to get people together. And that's why he said, Mike, well, two or three are gathered in my name, because really that's about all I can get. I'm going to show up for them three. <laughs> maybe he understood that most people are so self-centered. I ain't going to be able to get but two or three. And when them two or three come, I'm going to show up and show out but them. Okay, let me go. I got two minutes, so let me show you this. I'm going to tell you that when we do not operate together, we are missing an opportunity to have power that will get God's attention. We are missing an opportunity to be successful in every endeavor. Go to Genesis 11 real quick, and I'm done. Genesis 11. I love this. I don't even have time to, to uh, dissect this like I want to, but I just want you to hear these words. Now the whole world, the whole earth, had one language and one speech. Just let that marinate for a second. One language and one speech. I love the Bible because the Bible doesn't want, want you to leave anything to your own interpretation. Because you could have a language, but have a certain way of speaking. You get what I'm saying? And the, and the text says they had one language, and the way that they spoke was one. No undercurrent, no language that just means, you know, we got that eye contact. None of that. No pig Latin. One. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from east, from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build or come let us build ourselves a city. Can I stop right here for a second? What do you notice out of the first three verses? Anything? Just yell it out real quick. Us? Yell it out real quick. You don't get these opportunities much in church to yell out without having somebody come take you out. Um, <laughs> but watch this. They talk to each other. Isn't that amazing in the text how much they said to each other? Let us do this. Come, let's do this. They just communicated. And stuff got done because they communicated. Oh, Lord, I don't even want to talk about that. I ain't got time to talk about how communication can make your life better or the lack thereof will jack up your life. Jack it up. Adam and Eve. God speaks to Adam. Total communication. He talks to Eve. Obviously, don't give her, give her all the picture. And so now she starts talking to animals. God never told him to talk to animals. He said, name them. He never told him to talk to them. 
So at some point, there's a breakdown in the communication between Adam and Eve when God has been totally clear. She eats, gives to him. The text says he ate. He wasn't clear. She had room for mess up. He had room for giving for more specificity. Oh, no, 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 no. God said, and he didn't do it. Lack of communication will even thwart the plan of God in your life. They said, come on, let's build a city for ourselves. I'm a minute over. And a tower whose top is in uh, the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. The text started by saying, this ain't in my notes, but the text started by saying, this is stuff that grabs me in the text. It started by saying that the whole earth was one language, one speech. How is it that you could think that if you didn't do what you're starting to do, y'all would be scattered over the whole earth? It didn't matter where you went because everybody spoke the same thing. So then where is your confusion? Y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all see it? Uh, the confusion is in their motive. Keep going, watch this. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the sons of men had built. I like the fact that it says, let us build a tower so high that it goes into the heavens, but the text makes it sure, makes sure that we understand that y'all made it high, but it wasn't high enough for God. He still had to come down to see it. I love it. I love it. Because at your best effort, your best attempt, is still low on the totem pole to God. So, and the Lord said, listen, here it is right here. Indeed, the people are one. Say one. one. And they have one language. Say one. one. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Now, let me stop. Let me stop. So now listen, before we end this series, I'm going to talk about having the Holy Spirit in your life so that you can have power, okay? But if I'm going to be a fair exegete of the text, we got to look at this for a second. Because what we found is that God said a group of people who is not, are not bearing his name, they don't have the Holy Spirit, they got a wrong motive because their motive for building their city is so they can make their name great. But God said, I need to come down here and scatter their language because they're one. And when people operate on one accord, I'll respond to everything they say. Why do you think the devil makes so much hell in your house? Because when everybody in the house gets on one accord, we got to operate as one even if we don't like it. But our culture says we're so individualistic that if I don't like it, I just leave. You leave. Because when you leave, you step out of an anointing that you can't have by yourself. When you leave, <clears throat> you step out of a favor and a power that God responds to, that he ain't responding to by yourself. Anything that they purpose, they get. Mario, listen, everything you need to succeed at life, the Bible has it. Nothing will be withheld from them. Why, God? Because they want? Because they speak the same language? Because they are, we, I don't even know who doesn't agree. All I know is they're saying the same thing. There's some people in there that says we shouldn't have built that wing on the tower. We didn't need that wing. We could have went up two more stories had we built, didn't build that wing. But nobody opened their mouth to say it. Mm -hmm. 
They may feel like I ain't down with this, but because I'm a part of the greater good, it ain't going to kill me. It ain't immoral. Go on, build it. Hand me that brick. I don't even know why we're doing this. But you're still working. You see what I'm saying? And see, our, our problem is we feel like we got to agree in order to do. That's why we're powerless. You're not going to agree with everything. You're not going to agree that you should turn the lights off before we leave the house. But our bill going to be lower. Oh, I can't get no talk right there. You're not going to agree that you are not sleep with the TV on all night because it runs up the bill. Just turn it off. Put the sleeper on. Put the timer on your little remote thing and let the TV go off so we can save some money. You might not agree, but it's okay because you didn't even know because you were asleep. You didn't know when it went off. <laughs> Let's just get on one accord. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's, just, it's like that in every part of life, guys. You're not going to agree with everything. But if it ain't sin or immoral, if it ain't bringing you down, if it ain't bringing everything down, get your tail on board. Because God comes in when we all get on one accord, not when we all like it. Shoot, God like what I like. God ain't stunning what you like. Your life's so jacked up, you don't even know what to like. You like stuff on, on, Insta, on Instagram and Facebook you ought not like. He can't mess with your likes. You're liking memes that ain't godly. Now you, you want him to like what you like? Ah, come on. Don't look at me like that. You like people that you don't like. You can click and like on people that you don't even like. You click and like on their children. You don't even like their mama. Well, that's the kid. I don't have no problem with them. I'm just going to like it. But it's their mama's page. Just get on board. Your likes are jacked up. The Word teaches us that the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? There's some stuff that you need to get on board with and just be a part of it because God's hand is on it, not because you like it. Because you know God can anoint and touch stuff that you don't like. He anointed me and half of you don't like me. Listen, God has given us a lesson here. In every area of your life, you need to be on one accord. Husband, wife, get on one accord. The whole notion of marriage is compromise. Quit shutting down because you don't get your way. If you want it your way, you should have married you. Come on. All of a sudden, you're mad and you're not talking because it didn't go the way you wanted it. But you marry you then so you can keep talking to yourself. At work, you get mad. It, you don't own the company. You got an attitude walking in because they didn't pick your idea that they wanted to do for the Christmas party. I ain't even going. So your life's so fragmented and disjointed because there's power in unity. There is an anointing in unity. We're not even talking about being Holy Ghost filled right now. We're just talking about coming together as one. And the people who say they, they love God can't even get on the same accord. It'd be the church people at work causing hell. In Jesus' name. Standing up for the wrong stuff at work. Stop standing up for stuff that they changing in the break room. Oh, I can't get no talk. Can't get no talk right there. Stop standing up for stuff they doing at the Christmas party. Stand up for stuff that, that goes against your morals. Oh, you don't want to stand up for that. You put that t-shirt on and go ride and, and run the 5K. Oh, look how I got tight. Yeah. And that's the stuff they tell you that you don't have to do. But you out there running the 5K. Supporting the lifestyle that you say you don't support. Y'all don't like me because I tell the truth. Put that on CNN. Because corporate ain't doing, a, ain't doing an African-American run. 
that ain't do, they ain't doing an Easter Jesus is alive 5K run. Look at you. But then we have stuff here for Holy Week and you don't come. Because we don't understand the power of one. So listen, it's the physics of the kingdom. The physics of the kingdom, what goes up in regular physics must come down. In the kingdom, it's the opposite, y'all. Unless the seed goes into the ground, dies, it abides alone. Jesus says, if you tear my body down in three days, this temple down in three days, I'm going to raise it up. Because in the temple, in the, in the kingdom, what goes down comes up. To the same degree in society, it, you are your best self when you separate. In the kingdom, you are your best self when you come together. You do realize, ah, I got to go. Oh my gosh, I got to go. Y'all stand up. I'm, 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 20, I'm 12 minutes over. Y'all stand up so I can tell you this while you're standing. You can stand slow if you want. <laughs> Listen, this whole notion of church is a word, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, it's a word that may be German, but in the text of Scripture, before the, uh, the, the, the copy press, before they started printing the Bible, the word church wasn't in there. The word in its essence is uh, ecclesia. So when we start talking about the church, the real word is ecclesia. It's the called out ones, those who have been chosen and called. Okay? So the people that come here every Sunday in the true essence of the word are the words that have been called out chosen y'all come this way the chosen ones maybe you don't come regularly because you don't feel chosen maybe you're disconnected because you don't feel called out i have come to tell you god chose you he knew what you did he knew that you were guilty but he looked past all of that and said oh i can still use that you come here you are valuable to me did you know that I want you to get with some other people. Got the same past as you, but they're just as valuable. Come on. So what, listen, if you think you're valuable, but you really understand that you got a past that makes you kind of invaluable, this is the place where you should be. Because God is calling people who got bad credit, calling people who got bad backgrounds, coming from the wrong side of the tracks, people who got sin in their lives, people who still struggling. He's calling them and said, come here. Me? Not me. Based on what I did, he says, yes, you. I want you because I'm going to show you that I love you. And then you're going to meet some other people with the same kind of background, and you're going to show them that I love them too. I want to use you. God is calling us together as one. There is an anointing when we come together. That anointing is power. It is power that destroys the yoke. It lifts the burden, it is the anointing that happens when we come together. God says, when you come together, I'll respond to you. Just make sure you got the right motive. I'm talking to a group of people today that God is saying, I want y'all to be one because there is a power that comes with coming together. I guarantee you, if hell breaks loose on tomorrow, you're going to have what you need to manage it because you are here today.